I didn't want the team to think that I was stepping back. I didn't want them to think I was slowing down. If anything, I want you in the CEO role to accelerate where we're going. I have some really big scaling goals, as you know. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm gonna keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to Online Marketing Made Easy. First of all, you know how I always start out these episodes. How the heck are you? How are you feeling? I hope that you are feeling excited about what's to come in your business. I hope that you're feeling energized moving forward on the projects that you're working on. And I hope that you just feel really hopeful about the rest of the year because at the time of this recording, we're just getting into quarter two. However, you might be feeling a little bit frustrated or stuck or like things aren't working out as they should be in your mind. And I just want to remind you before we get started today, and this reminder has nothing to do with today's episode, but I just wanted to remind you that we're always in a season. We're always in a season. So you've heard your parents probably say this. My mom used to say it all the time. This too shall pass. So if you feel stuck, if things aren't going as planned, just remember you will not live here. This is not your end all be all. We all, including me, we all go through seasons of our business where we're on fire, things are working, it's starting to come together. And then other times you're like, uh, do I even know how to run my business? Is this ever going to work again? I have so been there not that long ago. And so, and I'm sure I'll be back there again. You're in a season, this too shall pass. But that means the good times go away 
and the bad times go away. It's an ebb and a flow, and that's just life, but that's business as well. So wherever you are, this is what I want you to remember. Maybe this is why you came to this episode today, even though I've got some great stuff for you today, but I just want you to hear this. So if you're, if you're multitasking, come back to me. You are exactly where you are meant to be. You are exactly where you are meant to be. Why? Because you're there. That's how the universe works. Whether you believe in a higher power or the power of the universe or whatever, you are exactly where you're meant to be. And the proof is because you're there now and you are in a season of your life, a season of your business. So I want you to be present and know if it's hard, this too shall pass. Okay. Just wanted to share that with you. It's just on my heart. So we're moving on. Today, I've got a shorty episode and we are talking to my brand new CEO. Now, I just have to tell you, her name is Jen, but I have known her since my Tony Robbins days. I'll talk a little bit about that when I get her on. And at Tony Robbins, the only name I knew for her was Jaws. I have never called her Jen in my life because her first name is Jen, but her last name at the time before she got married was Dawes. So we just always called her Jaws. Or now it's kind of morphed into Jawsy. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it, but that's where we're at. And you might have heard her name on my podcast for many years now. She's been with me for four years, but she just became my CEO last month. Like for one month, she has been my CEO, but this has been in the works for a year. And we were thinking, you know, it would be kind of fun to share with you why I decided to bring a CEO into my company after 14 years and what this looks like and how we're making this transition and what this means for me in my business as well. Am I taking a back seat? Am I going away? Well, you're just going to have to listen to find out, but it's a really big step. And you might not be ready to hire a CEO, so don't click off of this episode. You might think, oh, this episode's not for me. Oh, my friend, it is. Because I want you to always be looking forward to what could be possible for your business, what might work for your business down the road. These are things that you might not be making a move on for a few years, but I want you to be thinking about it now. And some of you are listening and you're absolutely ready for a CEO, but you've never even thought about it. So I want to talk to you about that as well. So we're going to get into it. And this is like a candid conversation. I want you to walk away with some new insights, some new ideas. Maybe you start thinking about a CEO. Maybe it's your five-year plan, whatever it might be. But I'm pretty sure Jazzy is going to change my life. As the owner of this business, I think her role is actually going to change my life. And I know that sounds very dramatic but I really do think it will. But more importantly, it's going to scale the business. We're going to be able to offer more in our product suite. We're going to be able to do what we do even better. And we're also going to hone in on what we do best because she will see those areas that we do best and she will amplify them. So I'm very excited to see what comes of my business over the next few years. Watch out world, here we come. And I think Jaws is gonna be a really big part of it. I will tell you, and I'll mention this when I interview her as well, that Jaws is not someone who wants to be front stage. She doesn't want to be in my podcast. She doesn't want to be on webinars. She doesn't want to be on stage yet. I think that's going to change over the next few years, even though if she's listening to this now, she's cringing. 
but I really do believe she's going to step up in a bigger way, but she's an introvert to her core, but she's also been able to shine in my business like no other. So I'm so excited that she agreed to come on the podcast. So please help me welcome Jaws. Well, hey there, Jaws. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What an honor to be on this side of the microphone. Okay. It's so wild because you have QC'd so many of these podcast episodes, read so many outlines and scripts, but here you are. And as I said in the intro, you being front stage is not necessarily your most favorite place to be. However, you're really stepping up. So first I got to give you a shout out for coming out of your comfort zone. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) This is very much outside of my comfort zone. (laughs) It is, but you got to get used to it because these kind of things are going to start happening a lot because you are now the CEO of this company. And I'm so excited about that. So I thought we could just kind of start at the top. And the reason I wanted to do this episode is to for two reasons. Number one, there are some people listening that are thinking, maybe I want a CEO this year or the next year, or it's something that I've been thinking about and how do I even navigate this? So I thought we could share our story. But number two, there's a lot of people that are just starting out. They're nowhere near getting ready to hire a CEO, but I think there's power in future pacing and seeing what's possible. And I know that I love hearing people's stories that are way beyond me, but it gives me major inspiration. So that's another reason we want to do this, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, so much of our audience are solopreneurs, but a lot of them are looking to hire somebody. And even just understanding how you start that relationship and how you navigate bringing somebody on to take on so many of the things that you've been handling. Um, It might not be a CEO, but a lot of this can translate. So true. So I want to first talk about how this conversation went about because it's very professional how we even started this conversation. So why don't you tell the story of how we even broached the issue? Yeah, it was super, it was super formal, totally (laughs) job description, job offer right (laughs) off the bat. (laughs) So we were in one of our annual planning meetings and we always do our three-year vision. And I think you had started the meeting by saying that this is what you were looking to do. You were wanting to scale the business, grow, and that meant bringing on a CEO. And I think we had that conversation like earlier in the day. And then Eric, who was our facilitator, had us all the whole leadership team go around and say, where do we see ourselves in three years? And all the other team members are going and I remember sitting there thinking like, I'm going to be so funny. And I'm going to say, CEO, ha ha ha. And as we're sitting, I think I was last, and you wrote on my notebook, integrator. And uh, I think most of our audience has been with us long enough to know that, you know, for that, an integrator and a visionary is within the EOS operating system, entrepreneurial operating system, um, which is how we run our business. And a visionary is, is kind of like a, a founder and an integrator is kind of like that CEO role. And so you wrote the word integrator on my paper. And so when it came around to me, I was like, well, I was going to joke around and say CEO, but should we talk about this? And, <laughs> and right when you said that, I was like, wait a second, what? And so knowing that, yeah, I know you were joking, but there had to be some truth in it. In my mind, there's like, there's got to be some truth in this. And so I was so excited. And to back up a little bit, because if you're an OG and you follow this podcast, you know that Chloe for many years was my integrator. 
And then it just became too much for her to be an integrator and marketing. She literally ran our marketing department. So we kind of lost an integrator. We have lost an integrator for years now. And so the idea of you being the integrator was very exciting to me. So to put this into context, this was about a year ago from when we're recording this podcast episode. This was a year ago and that conversation came up and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I want to share why that was so exciting to me in the moment. One thing that's unique about Jaws, she's literally going to want to crawl under her desk at this point, but we didn't do video on purpose for this one. <laughs> like, that's too much. But one thing that's unique about Jaws is that she has always had a pulse on the business. She was the director of content and I have to brag a little bit. There's video out there of Tony Robbins on stage talking about how integral the uh, Jaws, that's the right word, right? That's a word, Jawsy. Integral word, yeah. How integral Jawsy was in his business. And he's talking about how invaluable she is and how smart she is and strategic. And like he loved her so much. And I did not steal Jazzy from Tony, just to be very clear here. She was working at a whole other company when I sent her a text. Now we're going way back. I sent her a text out of nowhere before she worked for me. And I said, are you happy at the company you're at? Gina sent me the text. Oh yeah. One of my friends, I didn't even do it. I said, will you send a text message to Jaws and ask her if she likes the job she's in? Because I was looking for someone to run my content department and that's what Jazzy did for Tony. So uh, yeah, my best friend Gina said, uh, I'll ask her. And then she came back. She's like, she's not, she's not happy. It's like, (laughs) oh, thank God. So anyway, we we do things really professional around here. And so that's how Jaws came on the team initially. But one thing that's unique about Jaws is she has a very unique way of understanding the business, not just her department. And she cared about our finances. She would step in and try to figure out some budgeting or some projecting, even though I didn't ask her to, and it wasn't her job. And so I knew like when I asked her, would you want to be integrator was because I knew she already had a really great pulse on the business. So when she upped the ante and said, CEO, Right away, I thought this could absolutely work, but we had no idea how we would navigate it. So we kind of prepared some questions for this chat. And the next question we wrote down was like, how did we navigate this? So first of all, it took a full year. It was just, first of all, it's just like little mini conversations. Well, what would it look like? And when would this even happen? And how would we figure this out? But then Jaws, talk a little bit about how probably about six months ago, we got a little bit more strategic in like, well, we're really going to do this. Like what, what does it look like now? Yeah, for sure. So we, there were some big projects that we just wanted to get through. I think we were updating DCA and LBS and we had the book launch. So very content heavy. Right. I was, I was playing a role already on the team. So we wanted to make sure that we got through that. But, um, and we, I think we also just wanted to, you know, give ourselves time to figure out what it would look like. And so in doing that, we, we created a job description for my role. And then also what your role was going to be and had a lot of conversations around like, how would we work together? What would you do versus what would I do? Um, and then, and so I think to, to translate that to those of you who are listening who may or may not want to be hiring a CEO or just looking for like your first hire, um, even if it's like a project manager, I think the takeaway there is like, 
it's important for you to think not only about what that role is going to be doing, but how you're going to work with them. I think that's a huge piece when you're bringing on your first or bringing on an employee. But anyways, um, so we did that. And then also I started coaching, which was a really big deal. Uh, And even before I was officially in the role, I think I started back in December and it just became official in March. Um, And a huge shout out to Megan Hyatt, who's my wonderful coach. Um, And that was, that was huge. And she helped me a lot in, creating like a 30, 60, 90 day for my transition and then a 30, 60, 90 of what my first, you know, 90 days in the, on the new job would be. Um, and then I think also we just kind of started slowly, like both in our responsibilities and in our communication. Like you talked about, you know, I started taking over some of the financial things. Like I was involved heavily in the budgeting at the end of last year, even though I wasn't officially in the role yet. Um, and then as far as communication, we started with the key stakeholders. We started with our our leadership team. And then I went to my team. And then we went out to the bigger team. And and this was actually a piece that Megan, my coach gave me, which I think was really great, uh, really great advice, not even just for like a role like this, but just any big change in a company. She said to always let the team know first, what's not changing, right? Because in times of change, we forget to stabilize and remind people that this is not going to affect everything. It's going to affect this one thing. And then talk about what is changing and why it's changing. And then what's the benefit for them? So really give them a reason that they can, you know, kind of take home with them. I love that you bring that up. I want to say two things about that. Number one, the coaching. That was something that I was really proud that you and I came to that conclusion because as you all know, I coach with Michael Hyatt. He is my strategic coach. And when I heard that Megan, his daughter was coaching CEOs, it was a really big investment. Obviously, the company's paying for it, not out of Jaws's pocket. And so it was a huge investment for us to get a coach just for Jaws. But selfishly, as the founder and visionary of this company, I don't know how to train her to be a CEO. Like, sure, I was the CEO of my business, but I don't know what that really looks like. I just was the owner and I was just running the show. And so to properly change, uh, train Jaws to be a CEO, I knew that was not going to be me. And so the fact that she can, and here's what's great about Megan. She is the CEO. She did transition into the CEO from another role. So I am such a proponent of paying for coaching from someone who's already been there and has gone before you all day long, best investment I can make. And I know also investing and coaching in a, uh, one of your team members is a, is a scary thing. So I knew Jaws would take it really seriously. She shows up to the meeting. She has an agenda. She asks questions. She's probably a better coaching client than I am to Michael. So she probably blows me out of the water. So I just felt a lot of trust in that coaching process. So that has been a huge, huge change maker in this whole situation for me. And then the other thing was we don't know all the answers yet. Like when you had to go to the team or when we went to the team together to let them know, we weren't exactly sure how this was going to shake out. So we had to tell them what we knew, but we didn't get into a lot of specifics. We didn't have it all figured out. And also I was a little bit afraid that they would think that I'm like taking a back seat and not working in the business much anymore, or I'm not taking this as seriously. Like I had some doubts in my head. And so to be really clear with them that my role is going to amplify what I do best and stay in my zone of genius and allow you to do what you do best, I think that was really helpful for us. So anyway, which kind of leads me to the next part I wanted to talk about, which was 
what were we both scared about doing this? And I'll go first. And then I want you to talk about what you were most scared about. And it's kind of like what I just said. I didn't want the team to think that I was stepping back. I didn't want them to think I was slowing down. If anything, I want you in the CEO role to accelerate where we're going. I have some really big scaling goals, as you know. And also, one of the things that I was doing that I'm not doing anymore is we have a leadership team. How many people are on our leadership team? Is it five? Uh, Not including you and myself? Yeah. I think it's six. Okay, let's run through it real fast. So we have directors on our leadership team, director of ops, director of customer experience, director of community, director of content. And two marketing. And two marketing directors. So that's a little bit of a different thing that we're trying out. So, oh, now I see where you're, is that six or is that five? Six. And then you and I, so there's eight of us. Yeah, now she's counting. Okay, so there's eight of us. So I was, so if there's eight of us now, I was, before Jaws was CEO, I was managing six people, right? And so that meant either weekly or bi-weekly, I was meeting with somebody about their department. And because of the book launch and because I'm supposed to be the visionary of the business, it was just a lot to, to manage as well as do the things I wanted to do front stage in the business. So now I am managing six less people. That's a big deal. So... I was scared about people thinking I was stepping back, but what I really wanted to do was move more into the visionary role and I knew I needed more time to do so. Another thing I was, I think, scared about is the fact that I have to give up some things. So Jaws is running more meetings. Like we do a state of the company meeting every quarter. She's going to be the voice of that. She is going to uh, be deep into the budgets and the financing and the projections She is going to oversee people that, oh, that's another thing I was scared about, losing connection with my leadership team. So for example, Josh is the director of customer experience. I love meeting with Josh. We get to catch up on his personal life. We talk about what's working for him, what's not working for him in the business. I get to hear his ideas. I feel connected to him and all the other people in the leadership team. And my fear was I wouldn't have that connection with them anymore. They wouldn't feel like they could come to me and we lose a sense of community. So I'm still kind of a little bit worried about that. I don't know how to navigate that yet, but I still stay in touch with them and send them text messages and all of that. So losing that, I was concerned about as well. What were some of your concerns? So I would say, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of this woman. Uh, her name is Amy Porterfield, but she's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and that's In your world, baby. I have to follow. So, you know, I'm stepping into some pretty big shoes. And, you know, my goal is not to be you. I know I bring my own set of strengths and whatnot to the role, but I want to make sure I'm doing justice to the brand and, and the business that you've spent the last 14 years building and on our community and our students. Um, so that's probably the biggest fear. And then I think on a personal level, I definitely have a little bit of a fear of figuring out that balance. And I put that in quotes, right? Of, of being a working parent and being the best CEO I can be for this company, but still being the best mom and wife for my family. Okay. Speaking about being a wife and mom, you have a, how old is Sienna now? She's almost three. I was going to say she's two, but she's very close to three. She's almost three. So Jaws is a mom of one little precious baby girl. And 
tell the story about when you told her about becoming CEO. (laughs) So when I formally accepted the role, when we made it official, uh, she was closer to two and a half, I think at that point. And I, I, you know, sat down with her and I was like, Sienna, guess what? Mommy's going to be a CEO. And she looked up at me and she said, Sienna too. And like, so innocent and pure. And I just like, in that moment, I just stopped and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is, this is why I do what I do. This is why I get out of bed every day. This is, this is, you know, why I come to work. Like, I want to have this impact. I want to show my daughter she can do anything and be anything and, and, you know, help it. And for us, like it's helping entrepreneurs and women create that life and for their, for themselves and for their family. And, all of that such stuff. a beautiful and moment. Such a wonderful moment. You know, I'm having <laughs> this moment in my head and I'm just building it up and oh my gosh, and I'm getting emotional. And then and I look at her, I'm like, yeah, honey, of course, of course you can be a CEO too. And then she looks up at me and she's like, Charlie too. And Charlie's my dog. So <laughs> just like such a such a high. And then like immediately just like, oh, okay, she's a toddler. <laughs> she wasn't as inspired as you thought, but maybe one day. And yes, Charlie can be a CEO if you really really wants to be as well. He's in every meeting. Charlie is laying on a bed behind Jaws in almost every call we do or a couch or whatever. So yes, Charlie. He's the most engaged employee, but you know. Yeah, true. Very true. (laughs) Okay. So we talked about what we're most scared about, but let's talk about what we're most excited about. Because when you bring on somebody in your business that essentially becomes your right hand, like one of the most things I'm most excited about, and uh, Jazzy might not be as excited about this, but I loved a pitch and catch. I, when I was really little, this is going to sound ridiculous, but my mom would leave me in the kitchen, like in my high chair to eat my lunch. And I'd always say, I don't want to be by my loan. I don't want to be by my loan. And so obviously that's not really how you say it, but I didn't want to be alone. And I think as an adult, I still feel that way. And so to be able to call Jaws and say, wait, did you see what just happened? Or our sales are down here. What are we going to do? Or I had this idea. What do you think? I love to be able to pitch and catch with somebody who also feels responsible. That's a very different thing. If I were to call somebody else on the team that didn't feel responsible for the end game and was pitching and catching, it's a different kind of vibe. Although still valuable, it's different. So I do love that. I do try to control myself and don't send texts like at 10 o'clock at night, but it's really hard just for the record. You can send me those texts. Uh, Don't tell me that, Jaws, because I will and I shouldn't. That's terrible leadership. (laughs) But um, I do love that I have somebody who cares equally and feels responsible because at the end of the day, Jaws is responsible. Like if, if we don't hit numbers... That's what a CEO is responsible for to figure out what are we going to do about this? So I love that I have someone in my court that way. How about you? What do, what are you most excited about? Well, this wasn't going to be my answer, but I do want to piggyback off that and just say that I totally agree because like one of the things I said to Megan in one of our first meetings was like, this is kind of a lonely role because you're, you're just by yourself. Like you don't have a lateral person, but we have a really unique experience in that we do have that relationship. And it's not just the CEO at the top. It's like the CEO and, and you're the founder and we can work together and we can pitch and catch together. Um, and that makes such a big difference to be able to have that kind of sounding board, um, for each other. So I totally agree with that. And then I just think, gosh, I mean, there's, 
what is there not to be excited about? We have so many things that we're looking to do and to tap into. We just released our best selling book. We're in the middle of creating and launching a brand new coaching program. Um, so I think the thing I'm the most excited about is just seeing where we can take the company um, and how we can grow and scale it. And then I think also just having known you for over a decade and getting the opportunity to have worked with you so closely over the last four years being able to give you the chance to, I know you're not stepping back. Like I know you're still very much involved in the business, but like to reap a little bit of the rewards of all the blood, sweat and tears that you've put into this business for the last years, giving you that space to work on the things that you want to work on the things that, you know, that, that elevate the business and that what you got to do in the beginning and helping you make some of those tough decisions, having that pitching, catching time and taking some of that off your plate. That really excites me because I don't think there's anybody more deserving. Oh, thanks friend. That's uh, means the world to me. And I, there is that part of me as much as I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm going anywhere. Part of me wants to step back just a little bit and take a breather and not have everything rely on me. And so I am already enjoying that. And Hobie's very excited. So I didn't mention this earlier, Mm -hmm. but Hobie loves Jaws. He feels as though she is the most perfect person to step into this role. And so he's like really excited about it. He feels like the business is in the right hands. And I love when, Hobie's a really good judge of character. So I love when he's like really excited about something in my business and he's excited about Jaws. So I think overall, uh, you know, we wanted this to be more of a short episode, kind of just like share what's going on. I had an idea that in a year from now, Jaws, I want to come back on and I want to share about what our first year was. So we got to take notes when things come up. Just remember, I want to do a podcast in a year, what it looked like one year with the CEO and the company to kind of show people what that journey looks like. So are you willing to do that? I'm listen, I'm getting out of my comfort zone, right? Right. In a year, you're going to be like, podcast, I've done a hundred. What's the big deal? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Also, what should we leave with? How do we want to leave this conversation? What do we want to say? So I had some thoughts because one of the questions we had was like, what else can you share with your audience? And I think the thing that I just wanted to share was that, and it's kind of a weird message because we always tell our audience to dream big and all that jazz. But I just want to say that I don't think you always have to know exactly where you're going to to go to get there. Because I don't know that I ever sat down and manifested or wrote in a journal or dreamt that I was going to be a CEO one day. I've been incredibly career driven all my life. um, But I don't know that that was my end goal. And even like less than 10 years ago, I was an executive assistant to a CEO. That is wild to me. I know, right? (laughs) And so I think it's like, Dreaming big is amazing. And that works for some people. And I think for some people, it's about more like leading with your heart, adding value, and just don't stop believing in yourself. Because I work hard every day. I care deeply about the work that I'm doing. And I've certainly been afforded privilege. I do not want to forget that. But I never stopped believing that I could do it. And that got me here. So I just like believe in yourself, believe in your capabilities, because you just never know where it can lead you. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. 
You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Ah, oh, I love that. That's such a great way to end. I'm not adding anything to that. That is beautiful. Jazzy, thank you so much for coming on here. Thanks for stepping out of your comfort zone. And I already know you're going to be the best CEO on the planet. So thank you for everything to come. Aw, thank you for having me. And thank you for trusting me with such a wonderful opportunity. Let's make some magic. Can't wait. So there you have it. I hope you love this conversation with Jaws and I. It's just so fun to kind of hear her perspective and where her head is with this and kind of where I'm coming from as well. So this was a little bit of a different episode. I took you behind the scenes of my business. And if you like these episodes and you want more, jump into my DMs on Instagram and let me know where else can I go behind the scenes with you? Who else do you want me to bring on the show from my team and kind of talk things out and give you some different perspective of how maybe I run things and how you might want to integrate it into your own business. So I'm at Amy Porterfield on Instagram, pop into my DMs. Let me know what you want me to talk about in terms of behind the scenes content with my team. All right. So if you are not following this podcast on any podcast platform you listen to, please hit that follow button. Please leave a review if you haven't done so. We will greatly appreciate all of them. And I can't wait to see you on Thursday for more entrepreneurial goodness. Same time, same place. See you soon.